Welcome to the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your strategic HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Okay, let's get started. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining me today with Cameron Harold here, CEO and founder of SEO Alliance. Very excited to have Cameron here as one of the thought leaders and executives in the space that really cares about people and making sure that companies are doing great things for people. So, Cameron, we're excited to have you today. Thanks, Sandy. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, Cameron, I wanted to start off the conversation by maybe you can give us a little bit of information about your background and introduce yourself to the listeners today. Sure. I've been building companies my whole life. When I was 21 years old, I had 12 employees. So I've been really an operational entrepreneur my whole life. But I've also built a couple of companies as a second in command as well. I got involved in auto body collision repair, Shane. We built that up quite large. I was hired as the president of a private currency company 22 years ago. I opened the West Coast of the United States for a group called College Pro Painters, which was the largest house painting company in the world. And then I joined my best friend, Brian, and I became his COO of a company that had 14 employees. And we built it up to 3,100 employees in six years. It was called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And I was their COO during that entire rise. And we also ranked as the number two company to work for in all of Canada. I left there about 15 years ago and started coaching real companies, typically 50 to 500 employees, started coaching companies behind the scenes all over the world. I've been paid to speak in 26 countries. I've been paid to speak on every single continent, including Antarctica. Got paid to speak there in February. I've written five books, and now I have an organization called the COO Alliance and a podcast called the Second Command Podcast. Awesome. Tell us more about the CEO Alliance and the podcast specifically. So who and how do you support today organizations and leaders? So my core purpose, first off, is to help entrepreneurs make their dreams happen. So I really work with these entrepreneurial-led organizations. And one of the things I identified was entrepreneurs, CEOs, are very good at working on their skills, but they're often not very good at growing the skills of their people. So I did two things. One was I launched an organization six years ago called the COO Alliance, which is a mastermind community exclusively for the second in command that no CEOs are even allowed to join. And then secondly, I launched an organization called the Invest in Your Leaders course, and that teaches managers the 12 core leadership skills they need to excel in their jobs so that they can be much more effective and build better companies as well. So it's really those two would be my core things that I do to help companies grow. Yeah, that's very interesting. I always hear about every, you know, chief executive officer or C-suite person always says, if I had a last dollar, I'd love to invest it in the managers because that's who is the front line and making a big impact in the businesses. But um, so, so many of them rarely do, which is really sad. I really correct. think that they should be spending, you know, if you've got a $100,000 person, you're spending $2,000 a year on them. That's a rounding error. You should right. be spending more like five to $10,000 a year on a person to grow their skill set, to teach them about situational leadership and coaching and time management, delegation, conflict management, having effective conversations. Like there's so many core skills that if we would grow people, 
they could grow the company. And most leaders don't. That is 100% true. I was at a conference just a few days ago, and they were talking about the frozen middle, which is, you know, not investing in that middle management and not really giving them the support they need. Well, that brings me to another topic. You know, I wanted to talk about this because we're hearing a lot about it, which is quiet quitting. And, you know, it's a significant issue today in companies. A lot of senior HR people, business leaders are all thinking about how do we address it or what's really causing it. So how do you see the issue from your side, being a leader and being, you know, a coach for a lot of leaders? I wanted to hear more about your thoughts on quiet quitting and why it's happening. Sure. I've been actually thinking a lot about this recently. And I started laughing recently with a couple of my friends. And I said, you know, quiet quitting has actually been around for generations. But we used to call it coasting. Yep. It's the same shit, different brand. That's all it is. We've put a new brand on something that Gen X did and baby boomers did. People that were disgruntled with their jobs or just weren't that engaged or didn't love their core purpose or didn't like what they worked on or didn't love their manager, they were just coasting. They just went in and put in the minimal amount of work. Now, they were able to kind of coast and stay under the radar in the nine to five workplace. It's a lot easier to coast now when you're over Zoom and working remotely and people can't really see your work. But the whole idea of quiet quitting has just been around for generations. I think what's tied to the whole idea of quiet quitting, though, is this whole idea of the great resignation. And I actually think it's fantastic that all of these employees are quitting because I think it's high time that employees got to go work for great companies and they stopped driving 40 minutes in each direction to work for an average company. And I think companies now, more than ever, have to raise the bar and build better workplaces, care about people, align people, remove their obstacles, build a better day-to-day environment for them. Otherwise, they're not going to get good employees anymore. At best, they're not even going to get average employees anymore. So I think the tables have really turned now where employees are going to go work for a better company and average is no longer going to be good enough. Wow. I love how you phrased that. I totally agree. Now that the employees also have options and they can work anywhere or work for companies everywhere, it levels up the playing field and actually be passionate about what they're doing and join those organizations. And the great companies are are really embracing that and saying, okay, we'll we're going to do whatever it takes to get you. And we'll also create more of a meritocracy so that you will get your work done. You will do great work. I think it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship that's happening. Yeah. And that brings us to another point. So if I'm a business leader of an organization that maybe wants to become great, but I have some things to work on, what do you think is the starting point? Where should we start and how can we address some of this for them so they don't have quiet quitting happening or address it before it actually happens in the companies? One big one is delegation. I think executives and leaders have to be much better at delegating work so that the people that they're delegating to understand what the output needs to be and how much the inputs are allowed to be. So how little time we want them to spend, how little money we want them to spend, and what the finished result of that product is going to be. And then when is that person that we're delegating the project to actually going to do the work? Not when will they get it done by, but help them to understand project management help them to understand time management and slotting these projects and tasks into their calendar so they can actually say, okay, here's the seven parts of the project. Here's when they're all getting done. And they actually understand that. And then applying a little bit of situational leadership and coaching to help solve their problems and help grow their skills. So it's a combination of delegation, time management, situational leadership, and coaching. Yeah. And so is there, do you think is a roadblock when it comes to delegation, when it comes to you know, I'm an executive, I want to make sure that I have control over the company. What kind of 
change of mindset or even change of processes that allows for that to happen in the companies? One of the big ones is to make sure the person you're delegating to commits back to you as to when they're doing the work. Again, not when it's going to get done by, but do they understand the work? Do they understand what's involved in getting it done? And when in their calendar are they physically going to do it? And if you can get them to buy into that, there's much higher chance that it's actually going to get done on time. That's first. Second is for the leader to flip the org chart upside down. So the CEO and the COO are at the bottom of the org chart, supporting the VPs, we're supporting the managers, we're supporting the frontline staff. And our job after we delegate to them is to make sure that they have the skill set and the confidence to actually work on those tasks and that project to get it to completion. Our job is to help give them skills, help give them motivation, help remove obstacles. It's really to be there as a supportive leader versus the top-down, autocratic, dictatorial, I'm going to hold them accountable until they get it done style, which really doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. So Cameron, I know you're definitely a visionary, so I wanted to get your thoughts on what does the future hold for you know the world of work besides just you know the quiet quitting topic, but what else do you see and how can people prepare for it today? Well, one of the big ones is that anybody who's built great companies prior to COVID really needs to learn what a great company looks like post-COVID. You know, this whole hybrid organization is coming very quickly. The reality is that if you're trying to get people to come back and return to an office, you're kind of thinking the way grandpa used to run the business. It just doesn't happen that way anymore. So the way that we build culture is still very similar around core values and core purpose and a BHAG and all the people systems. But then it's all the interconnection parts and how do we keep people connecting and staying in touch with each other and feeling heard and feeling seen and enjoying working with these other people when it's often just over Zoom or maybe it's only 20 minutes a week that you get to see people. So I think there's going to be a lot down around the connecting of people and making sure that people feel connected. Absolutely. I can also start seeing a lot of the technology innovations happening there and you're just scratching the surface, but I think that's going to also increase as we start to address that change. Well, Cameron, I wanted to thank you today and I wanted to ask you one last question. So if somebody wants to learn about your organization, about you, what should they do next? Yeah, if they take a look at the COO Alliance, so that's the core website or investinyourleaders.com, both of those would be the core places to start. And then all five of my books are available on Amazon, Audible and iTunes as well. Great. Thank you again, Cameron. We're excited to continue the conversation about quiet quitting and thank you for joining us today. You're welcome, Andy. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to make better people decisions in their business. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high-performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Thanks, and see you soon.